There's lots of conversations about active uh, fund managers being unable to beat the benchmarks, being unable to beat the index. And most of them don't. But one who does and beats it by quite some margin is Andrew Vincent, who looks after the Glucas Gray Equity Fund. I just want to give you this stat to kick off with so you know where he's coming from. The compound annual return of this fund in the last three years has been 23.7%. Just put that in the back of your mind. It compares with the JSE at 12%. So more than almost double what the JSE has delivered. Andrew's going to give us the benefit of his wisdom in the next 20 minutes. Yeah, it's good to be talking with you again, Andrew. And you know, there's this, I suppose, debate that goes on. It's, well, all value managers, are, or, or sorry, all uh, asset, asset managers are bad, active managers, because they can't beat the index. But of course, in every area, you have exceptions. Now, your performance over the past three years is exceptional. Is this something that you've achieved over longer periods? Good day, Alec. Uh, nice to see you again. Uh, thanks for the introduction. Um, yes, it has been a, an interesting three-year period. I mean, obviously, a number of things did go right for us um, in that period. Uh, to answer your question, the fund's been going for 11 years, of which Grant and I have been managed, Grant Morris and I have been managing it together for the last, I guess, eight and a half years. Um, it's actually coming up to 12 years now. And uh, over that period, we have been fortunate to outperform the, the, the overall market. We look at the JSC SWIX as a benchmark, or the CAPT SWIX. I think they're interchangeably one and the same. Um, and over those periods, we have been able to deliver what we would deem to be reasonably good alpha. And the last three-year periods have been a particularly strong period, as you alluded to. I think if you go back three years, you're probably coming out of that COVID um, carnage, if I can use that as a phrase. And... Uh, and, and, and subsequent, over the last three years, we've had a number of things that have worked in our way. Uh, some bigger picture issues, some stock-specific issues, but the net effect has been that uh, the fund has delivered pleasing results. So I'm sure the next question, the obvious next question, if there's a financial advisor watching this, is saying, but how? How did you do it? How did you manage to beat the indices when we are told that it's very difficult for active managers to do so? No, it's a, it's a very good question. Uh, um, so what we actually went back, we had an exercise we had did for an institutional client. We wanted to break down the contributors to relative performance. The, the, the stock set contributed most to the active returns. Um, and of the, it was an interesting outcome. It was of the top 10 largest relative contributors to performance. Um, seven of those are what we would need to be mid-cap shares, or in some cases slightly smaller than mid-cap. But, but the interesting stat to me was that four of those 10 contributors were, were companies that were the subject of a corporate takeout. So they were either delisted. They got to a stage where other businesses or investors thought they were too cheap um, and too attractive given their potential growth prospects. And it was better for them to take it out at an appropriate price, which in some ways was a vindication of the investment case that we had built around those companies. In other ways, obviously disappointing that companies get delisted. But I think that's the sort of natural evolution of a market that you get you go through these phases where businesses get very cheap, good businesses get unjustly sold off, and alternative sources of capital 
come and find these businesses and and ultimately delist them. So there's a very pleasing outcome in that in that we've always told our clients that we have an ability as smaller boutique managers to 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 play across the market cap spectrum. Um, just given our size, mathematically, we have a, a, a wider array of companies from which to choose from. Um, and I guess it's pleasing that of those 10 co- largest contributors, seven of those would, would what we'd be deemed to be mid-cap shares. Not necessarily all small caps, but certainly outside of the top 40. And, and I think that's a real, I guess it, it backs out the process that we've been talking to clients about over the last number of years. Earlier this week, I spoke with Magnus Hastick and Pete Frilun, you know, the Million Rand Challenge. And Pete was saying that small caps are now incredibly cheap. He says ridiculously cheap. They're just being sold down uh, to levels as he's never seen before. Is he exaggerating? No. <laughs> to put it bluntly, I actually would completely concur with, with what, with what, what Pete has told you. Um, we, it's, it's quite interesting to me how the psychology of investing is real. Um, we've touched on this before, I think, but 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 I think what's happened has been a sort of acceptance. There's a there's a disbelief initially at the rating at which good businesses trade, and then an acceptance. So, if I look at the list of companies that we as a team analyze, and what we deem to be an appropriate exit multiple. Um, hypothetically, if a business would trade typically on a ten times PE multiple. It is now trading at a seven, and there's an acceptance that seven is the new ten. Um, and in many cases, they're still trading below. So even using seven, you're getting upside. I just think there's a complete resignation or acceptance of of the scenario that the current uh, environment that we're currently in. And you can draw parallels across various parts. So so the RAN, for example, is at 19. We just accept that it's at 19. There's what there's very difficult to make a fundamental investment case as to why the ranch should be at 19. Bond yields were high at 11. They went to 12 and a half and almost 13 a month or two ago. It's very difficult. And now we just accept that 12 is the new twelve is the new 10, for example, in bond yields. And I think a very similar issue is playing out in equities. There's, there's, as I said, there's, a, there's an initial disbelief at the valuation opportunity. There's excitement around how cheap these businesses potentially are. And then there's a sort of um, acceptance that, this is the, that 7 is the new 10. Or five is a new eight, and I would completely concur what what with what Pitts and his Merchant West colleagues are saying. I think that these businesses right now are extremely attractively priced, and and whilst the small cap index is attractive, I think you can make that argument all the way up the market cap spectrum to a number of relatively big companies too, and certainly in the mid cap space. So I think I think as investors we we are seeing a we use the word in our most recent quarterly, a plethora of opportunities of companies that really are just inappropriately priced for the quality of these companies. Because of the negativity around South Africa? It must be an issue. You know, you've had the sort of, um, the perfect storm. You've had, um, uh, uh, you've had load shedding, which we discussed previously, and load shedding is not, it's, it's in the process of uh, going away, we believe, but it hasn't yet disappeared. Interest rates are extortionately high. And you've had um, a very, a very significant amount of consumer confidence has been eroded on the back of high interest rates, load shedding, and a very weak currency, coupled with a very difficult global backdrop. You know, interest rates globally are very high. Global economy is tough. So I think there's a whole, there's a whole range of different issues that are at play. But certainly, this, this apathy towards South Africa, 
this apathy, to, apathy towards many of these companies that that um, that uh, we we've, we've alluded to, um, I think it's real. But you know, Alec, I think the point to make is, and certainly we're having a number of engagements with companies that we are invested in around this particular issue. So you can bemoan the fact that you trade on a six multiple or five multiple or eight multiple if you're a bigger a, a better business. You can bemoan that fact, um, or you can accept that and find ways to then unlock the value that the market has presented to you with. And I think that is the debate that, that is increasingly becoming becoming relevant, which is why when I go back three years and look at the last three years' performance, the fact that four of the 10 contributors to performance were takeouts um, is quite interesting because that is, that is effectively what we believe will continue to happen unless these businesses um, don't re-rat. So all you need really is a little bit of confidence coming back in the system and those share prices that don't react um, would would very quickly be bought out by potential predators. Because if if you aren't confident about a country's future, you're not going to be buying out businesses unless they are unbelievably cheap. Is is that a, a fair comment? Yeah, that's a very fair comment. So so there are two ways that businesses can rewrite. The one is the is the sort of silver bullet where someone comes in and buys them out, and you get that immediate kick up to to. to, to kick up all the rating and you get the value unlock immediately. The other more sustainable one, which, which I think is the companies we've engaged with are, are, are kind of embracing more, is just to do what they do best. And that's to, to run their businesses. We, we are blessed, as it's been alluded to on your show countless times, with extraordinary management teams. The environment is extremely difficult, but we believe in many ways it is the most difficult it's likely to be looking forward. Right now, companies, companies reporting right now are dealing with an environment where um, the RAND cracked, as I alluded to. Load shedding was at level six for a sustained period of the last couple of quarters. This is a very difficult operating environment. Interest rates have gone up. I've lost track of how many rates I've had. It must be 350 basis points in the last 18 months. It's a very penal, difficult environment right now. So I think that, the, that we are nearing an environment, we think we're nearing an environment where you're closer to trough earnings in companies and you're trading at these multiples that, that Pitt and we have alluded to. Um, multiples that very low relative to history and earnings base, which is is effectively already factoring in all of this negativity and bad news that we've lived through. So I'm not exactly sure when things change. None of us can exactly can, can predict that. We would like to think that the environment that we're reporting in now, the September 2023 earnings numbers, and potentially even to December 2023, is going to be an environment that is as difficult as we've seen at any stage in the last number of cycles outside of obviously the COVID crisis when things were just, um, things closed down. So yeah, I think that I think that, that the real unlock is going to come with companies delivering steady growth of this current base and the realization that they're good businesses, they're deleveraging, their balance sheets are strong, the prospects for earnings are okay, and the rating being applied to them is inappropriate. So I think there's going to be a combination of those. There's no doubt in my mind that some will grow and hopefully we're well positioned in those companies. But the bulk of the re-rating will come just from businesses doing what they do best, steadily growing earnings in a difficult environment. And, and, I think, and I think the ultimate catalyst for all of this, outside of ESCOM issues, which we can't predict, the ultimate catalyst for all this is going to be this continuing rolling over of inflation and the prospects for interest rates to be cut. The consumer economy is well aligned to a lower interest rate environment. And with that comes confidence. With that comes corporate earnings. So I think there's a few issues at play here. But the net effect is that the value unlock story is, is um, the potential for value un unlock is real. I guess we all get caught up as well 
uh, especially the retail market, in the bad news cycle, uh, wherever you look, it just appears to be a government that is shooting itself in the foot. Um, the It's overspending. It, it's going to have to increase taxes or borrow more. And the economy is not growing. So everywhere you look, things are really not happy. But by the same token, you can take advantage of any environment. And I guess boutique funds are showing, and we're seeing this with, with the Corin report, that boutique funds, smaller companies, or more nimble money managers, seem to be able to take better advantage than the big companies where there might be size showing to be an anchor to growth. Um, that's, look, I mean, let's, let's, be, let's be open and honest here. Big companies have become big companies because they are very good. They delivered very good returns over a sustained period of time. So we had enormous admiration for large asset managers to grow in a highly competitive industry is, is something to be very proud of. Um, we just mathematically though the opportunity sets that smaller managers like the boutiques you refer to must have a broader opportunity set so so it's one thing saying that I think and that's the discussion we're kind of having at the moment one thing saying that is another thing is actually to act on that and that to us is key so we so we have a process that spans the whole market cap we, we have um, the whole JSC so we we have, if we look at the 100% allocated in the SA equity fund, we have about 65 to 70% would, would be what we would deem to be larger cap shares. Not top 40 necessarily, but larger caps. I think it's a cutoff is about a 15 or 20 billion rand market cap. Those would be deemed to be larger cap shares. So, so yes, we play there, but we also play away from that space into the smaller and mid cap names. And we think it's, um, our investors would expect that from us. Um, if they wanted a large cap allocation, they would either buy the ETF or pick a large manager who's who's very good but limited towards a, a more narrow opportunity set. So yes, I think this ability to play more broadly is why we get quite excited as investment as a, as a smaller boutique um, by the by the opportunity set. But mindful of the fact that we're not a small cap fund by any means, we're we're an investment house that is making fundamental investment decisions on opportunities, but think our range and our, our breadth is that has to be that much wider. So equities are in a trough. What's to say they aren't going to stay in a trough for a long term? What's going to re-rate South African shares? The, 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 I mean, I haven't got the exact answer, but my suspicion is the re-rating will be a combination of the issues we alluded to. Firstly, a resolution of the past situation. Secondly, um, one the the, the 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 noise one hears around the urgency at which transit is being resolved, and that's obviously those two parastatals are key to the potential growth prospects of the broader economy. But um, but thirdly, I think it's it's a it's a it's a macro environment in which inflation subsides, interest rates get cut, and you start seeing some economic activity happening on the ground. But I think it's also fair to say that the global economy has not been that constructive for um, economic activity anywhere and we as a small emerging market are a victim of that so the interest rate cycle globally has been brutal so it's an alleviation of a number of fact a number of those factors that we think will be the catalyst but um, ultimately as i said it's, it's companies you know even if our gdp growth is modest which is expected to be by every single economist good companies are still managed to show a way of growing earnings ahead of nominal gdp so we think that good companies can still draw, grow modestly, if unspectacularly, at 8 to 
and with the potential then for a re-rate. I, I, I think the argument that businesses are appropriately rated is fundamentally flawed. This acceptance that, that a 10 PE business is now a 6 PE business because it's in South Africa, because it's difficult, because there's no power. I think that's a fundamentally flawed argument. We've had very, very, very many cycles over time which have proven the fact that these that's an inappropriate that, that that the current ratings are inappropriate and so now accept as I said this acceptance that fives and sixes and sevens are the new tens and elevens we think is is inappropriate. Andrew, we're coming to the end of the fantasy fund manager um, competition. I've had a lot of fun. I think David Bracher and I are oh, we we're going head to head in the seven hundreds and see if we're having our own little competition now on the side. How are you doing in it? I, I, I got off to a very slow start um, and I took a slightly more passive approach, if that makes sense as an active manager, because because um, there's a great quote we use a lot um, by Tolstoy. It's, it talks about the two great warriors being patience and time. And in the fantasy fund manager where there is a deadline, patience and time can often work against you. So I've been particularly patient on a number of shares, which I know are just fundamentally too cheap. They just may not have re-rated by the time the final gong goes. So I actually I had a very slow start. Um, the second half has been much better. I think I'm in the I'm coming in the top fifty or sixty somewhere around there. So not too bad. Um, it's been a difficult environment as David and you have alluded to. Um, but I but I, I honestly think that there um, there are two shares I own which we could wake up one day and they could be worth thirty to forty percent more. I just don't think it's going to be before the end of the month. I'd like to think it would be, but I it potentially won't. So um, I'm doing slightly better in the fantasy fund manager than I'm doing in the World Cup Super Brew. That, that makes sense. <laughs> and have you, are you able to share those two stocks with us? Well, the one is Caxton. Um, Caxton has a significant amount of liquid assets on balance sheets, and it has a significant stake in uh, impact. Um you're effectively getting the operating entities, which is which is a printing business and I mean, re- relatively low growth, steady state, high cash generative businesses. You're effectively getting those for free if you strip out their stake and impact and cash. And I think that is worth, it's currently trading around 11 Rand. It's probably worth in today's terms to the north of 15 to 16 Rand. Um, and the other one is a controversial share. So I mean, I'll, I just think, I think our South African financials in general and Life assurers in particular are just too cheap. And the biggest one of the lot, well, it used to be the biggest one of the lot, um, being Old Mutual, I just think is a fundamentally under, undervalued business for the amount of cash flows these businesses generate. And I think the engagements, we spoke to the engagements we've had with some of these smaller companies. I think the engagements at a larger company level too is, fight, is, 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 is around how do companies articulate the fact that they generate so much in the way of good cash flows. Yes, the growth rates may be modest, but the cash flow generation is not reflected in the underlying share price of some of these so I think I think those would be two and then I think something like a Sassel also falls into the camp where it's just it's just Sassel used to be a, a standard 10 PE business it rolled with the tongue it was always going to be a 10 PE business it now trades on a less than 5 PE and that is deemed to be appropriate and I don't think it is a 10 PE because it's got some structural headwinds but it's not a 4 or 5 so I think there are a few of those that I own in that out of the 6 that have the potential to we could wake up one morning and they could be up 20 or 30%. It's unlikely to happen, but certainly fundamentally um, 
if there was no finish line, which is the asset management industry, we haven't got a finish line. Um, I think that these businesses are ones you want to you want to be owning. So the new normal is actually temporary, as it always is in your business in your money management field. That's a view we're expressing. There are many learned experts who would disagree, but certainly we have to take a view. And and what we have done to compensate for the fact that that you know bond yields are higher here than they've ever been in the last fifteen or twenty. Um, so maybe mathematically a PE multiple should be slightly lower. It's just the it's just the it's the extent to which that derating has happened. So what we do in our in our models, we're not using the long term average for a business being eleven. We are using nine as opposed to eleven potentially in certain circumstances. And I'm around I'm sort of using averages here. So uh, we do believe it's temporary. The catalyst for that, as I said, will be businesses delivering sustainably on their early objectives. Good companies, strong balance sheets, well managed, um, and that will be the ultimately the it's always the longer term cat, uh, catalyst if that makes sense. But the risk in the shorter term is that businesses get pr- private capital does what they can to, un- to unlock value. The companies themselves can un- unlock value through material buybacks. They all have the businesses we're alluding to have strong balance sheets, the ability to buy back material amounts of shares. So I think there are a few levers at play, a few levers that companies can play yet to unlock what we believe is attractive value. Fascinating as always, Andrew Vincent with Lucas Gray. I'm Alec Hogg from biznews.com. 